0: Oh, my God, Justin. Will Levis was amazing in his debut. The Titans beat the Falcons, got a little close there at the end, but the Titans put up the most points they've scored all season. Defense had a great first half. We're going to break it all down right now. This is the Music City Audible. Let's get to it.
1: Levis towards the end zone. Got a man. Touchdown. Wow. Struck Akine,
0: and it's the fourth TD pass of the day in the debut of Will Levis. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible Podcast, presented by Broadway Sports Media in partnership with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. With me, as always, Justin Mello. And you just heard the game, uh, the game broadcast call of Will, Le- one of Will Levis's four touchdown passes. Look, Justin, I'm going to get to you in a second. Just want to let the people know, this is a Will Levis podcast today. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about DeAndre Hopkins having a a career day for the Titans. Not one, not two, but three touchdown catches. Yeah, we could talk about the defense and Jeffrey Simmons. They had a great first half, not so great second half. Uh, They did get the timely stop when they needed, helped by a huge Van Jefferson drop. Got that stop. We could talk about a lot of things. But Justin, today we are talking Will Levis because the rookie was phenomenal in his debut.
1: I mean, as we should, it it literally couldn't have gone any better. He was 19 of 29 for 238 yards and four touchdown passes. I mean, it was unbelievable, right? It was beyond your wildest dreams, I think is the best way to put it, right? Like he he looked like of a long-term franchise quarterback, right? And you and I have been talking about this for weeks, right? You want to use this sample size to find out what you have in Will Levis, if he could be your, your starting quarterback next year, TBD, t- right? Like TBD, right? Like is is the word I'm looking, for, or the letters I should say I'm looking for? And I'm not to you know put a, a wet blanket on it, but of course you know they're gonna make this decision over over multiple weeks, months, even. Uh, this was outstanding. He was outstanding. I mean there was the four touchdown passes are obvious. You should focus on them. They, three of them went for 33 yards or more. Like the accuracy, the the arm strength, flick of the wrist off a back foot, like. It was unbelievable, but there were so many other aspects of his game that I, were, that I was impressed by, the little aspects, the operational stuff that we're going to get yeah. into a little bit later. Let's, uh, I don't want to be that, show. Let's fawn over the four touchdowns because that comes first, uh, but then we'll get into some of the little stuff that, that caught my eye that really, really impressed me.
0: I want to start off by saying that Will Levis is one of three quarterbacks to throw four touchdown passes in their NFL debut. One of them is Marcus Mariota. Obviously, everyone remembers Marcus Mariota's 2015 debut, throwing those four touchdown passes against the Bucs. The other one, besides Will Levis, was Fran Tarkenton. That was a while ago. But I want to ask you a question before we... This is a good launching point for this conversation. Mariota's final stat line in that game. 13 for 15. Two incompletions. 13 for 15. 209 yards. Four touchdowns. He took two sacks. His passer rating was 158.3. Will Levis, you already said his stat line. 19 for 29, 238, four touchdowns. Also took two sacks, but for less yards. Passer rating, 130.5. Who had a more impressive debut? And don't let recency (laughs) bias color your opinion here, but I still think the answer is Will Levis.
1: Yeah, that's an unfair question, because I don't remember enough Mm. about like the only... Sad, but the only Mariota touchdown pass I remember from that game was the first one, right? Because it was on like one of the first plays. Was it Kendall Kendall Wright? Kendall Wright, 60-something yards. He on like a five-yard slant and Wright just went 60-something yards to the house. I don't remember the other touchdown throws from that game. I I think there was one that was like a tight window in the red zone. Now, Delaney Walker maybe for some reason comes to mind, like a tight window throw in the red zone. Um Without remember, even though I don't remember enough, and you said not to let recency bias. You went Levis. I probably got to go Mariota, just because of the two incompletions Mm. is pretty impressive. But I will say, part of me wants to lean Levis because I don't remember Mariota throwing any of those bombs, right? Like it was the accuracy, the 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 strength, as I talked about, like that one was so impressive, right? The individual raw talent that Will Levis showed in this game, I I, was fairly different, if I recall correctly, from what Mariota showed. But well, I think the real takeaway from this is it's not all done, right? It's not a complete picture yet, right? Okay. <laughs> right? Because we all know how it worked out with, with
0: Mariota. Mario. Yeah, I agree. No, but I will say I think this was a more impressive debut, and I think statistically Mariota was more impressive, thirteen for fifteen. But sure. Mariota, a lot of the like the Kendall Wright play was like a five yard pass, like you said, that he uh, took Kendall to the Wright house. Play. Yep. Um, for Will Levis, it was like I mean three of it's those. A will Levis play. They were, they were launched down the field, and then he had the tight window throw in the red zone to Hopkins. It was a little tiny bit behind him, but it was a catchable ball that Hopkins was able to take to the house. I want to address the first touchdown because I posted it on Twitter. Got a lot of positive reaction, but also some people who were saying underthrown ball, clear offensive pass interference. Look, that ball was placed perfectly deandre hopkins was running on the outside with inside leverage on his defender you put that ball in the spot where hopkins can go make a play on it you otherwise you risk throwing it out of bounds or overthrowing it out the back of the end zone he put that in the perfect spot based on how the defender was playing deandre hopkins and i don't think it was offensive pass interference it was two guys fighting back for the ball so i don't think that was an underthrown ball i mean yes hopkins had to kind of slow down and find it and come back for it but it was well-placed to allow his guy to make a play on the ball where the defender couldn't get to it as opposed to risking throwing it out of bounds or overthrowing it. So I actually thought that was a phenomenal throw. His last touchdown pass to Nick Westbrook-Akina, throwing off his back foot under pressure across the entire opposite side of the field and hitting the guy in stride. And then there's those plays that didn't count. Traylon Burks down the sideline, Will Levis leaves it just a little bit too out too far to the to the sideline and Burks can't get his feet down. The early play to Burks that was into like triple coverage but perfectly placed and the ball gets knocked down before Burks can get it, but if Burks had sort of like Burks put his arms out, you know, tried to make it over the shoulder catch, if he put his hands up and went up to make that grab high in the air. That could have been a huge play. And then the one right before halftime to Chica Conquo, who just dropped like what would have been a 20 plus yard completion and set the Titans up at least in field goal range, possibly could have led to, um, you know, more points. Uh, Could have led to the Titans getting over 30 points for the first time in what feels like 20 years. So I think the, the other aspect that's more impressive to me. This is the first time the Falcons' defense has allowed more than 24 points in a game this year. We talked about good it. defense. Yeah, the great defense. We talked about it on our pregame show, preview show. This was a great defense that he was going up against. They don't have a great pass rush, so that's one area that I think we're going to learn yeah. a lot more about when they play the Steelers and T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith next week, and one of the top five defensive lines in football, I think, um, on Thursday night. So we'll talk about that when we preview that game later this week, but – so that's going to be a test, you know, facing a team that actually can pressure the quarterback. But still, this is a good secondary, a great defense, and a rookie quarterback in his debut put up more points on them than, they'd have, than they've allowed to anyone all season.
1: I got a lot to say. Number one, uh, you think Jesse Bates missed Ryan Tannehill today?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did.
1: And really good say. And AJ, Ter- uh, A.J. Terrell, too, is a terrific corner, right? Let's not forget him, a, a great player. Jeez, um, where do I start? I have so many thoughts based on what you said. I'll throw a wet blanket on one thing. I do think it was OPI. That didn't get called. I think uh, yeah. if you look towards the end of the play, when he hooks when he hooks around the back of Terrell's back shoulder, like I, I thought that was where it was open. I thought it started with hand fighting, and I thought that was fair but game. It's,
0: but it's DeAndre Hopkins, so now, it's true, not OPI I it's nice him. Nice to be
1: on the receiving end of one of those, right? As opposed yeah. to the other side of it. Uh, as we saw him get away with so often against the Titans in Houston. I will say, this isn't the bias to me, I hate the way AJ Terrell played it. I hate it. Like, he did not—like, the flailing arms— he was trying to sell it. He's looking for a call. Uh, like, of course, part of me gets it. You want the call. And it would have been a fair call. But, like, he wasn't taken out of the play. Like, he could have tried to play the ball. He could have tried to stick with his man, right? Like, you, you essentially give up on the play, praying you're going to get a call. You don't get the call when, when you could have been competitive throughout the course, the rest of the course of that rep. Um, I did the Falcaholic ESPN preview show last weekend. They had me on as a guest uh, to preview the Falcons from their perspective, a um, couple things that we probably don't know as Titans fans or we didn't look into enough. You talked about the pass rush, and I get why you're saying because I thought the same thing. They had some interesting corrections for me, right? The sack numbers look hmm. bad, right? I think going into this game, they had 13 sacks near, ranked near the bottom of the league. Well, eight or nine of them came in the last two games, by the way. Wow. Uh, they've got some really good interior rushers, right? Grady Jarrett, uh, David Onyamata, uh Calais Campbell. They all have, Dupree. like Dupree... Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, Yeah. The edges is where they lack talent, AKA, you know, guys like Bud Dupree, but they've got good talent uh, on the interior. Uh, And actually it's a weird, here's a weird stat for you. I think it was the pressure rate or the pass block win or pass block pass rush win rate. It was one of them. Falcoholic told Falcoholic Kevin specifically told me they were like third or fourth in the league, like a ton of pressures, just not getting home, not finishing plays. But as I said, eight or nine of the sacks had come in the last two games. So, all of a sudden, they were starting to turn those pressures into sacks. Outstanding job, I think, by the Titans' uh, offensive line. And and give everyone, give Andre Dillard credit. Didn't hear his name called once. That's usually yeah. a great sign, right? We're referring to, of course, if you miss this game and you're listening. Uh, Chris Hubbard, the right tackle, uh, left this game with a concussion. So, they kicked over Petit Friere to right tackle and put Dillard in at left tackle. Didn't hear Andre Dillard's name once. Of course, yeah. it helps going up against Bud Dupree, maybe, right? But... Didn't hear it once. so I thought that was great. And by the way, I had some people in my comments. That was probably the right thing to do, what they did, right? Like NPF being an experienced right tackle, kicking him over there. I saw some calls for Dylan Radens. You know, I would have understood that as well. But uh, I'm not surprised that they went with Andre. They hate the thought of Dylan Radens playing tackle. They can't stand it. So yeah, uh, but Dillon it worked started out well
0: six games this year. So obviously you let him come in at left tackle as opposed to making him play right or putting someone else out there who hasn't really played at all this year. Exactly. So, yeah, so I thought I that agree.
1: was the right move. A couple other things I wanted to say. Oh, like the, the like the trail and Burks one, the first one that was incomplete. Like I, I get it. And, um, I, you know, Brooks could have played it better. Certainly, I think. But um, a really outstanding defense too, right? Like sometimes you got to just tip your hat, right? A really great pass yeah. break up. And on the second one, I saw people blaming both the one that also went incomplete to Burks down the left sideline. I think it was um, – I, I think that I put that one more so on Levis, right? I think it, just a couple inches, hell, maybe even centimeters leading them outside. If, you, if that's yeah. a couple more inches leading them in, I think it's a catch, right? I mean, hell, Burks made a hell of a catch, came down with it, and – she couldn't get the feed, and I thought that I thought that was on Levis for uh, for leading yeah. him a little too far to the outside, personally. But uh, sure looked like a franchise quarterback, man. I'm going to throw it back to you, but I uh, just I'm yeah. still sort of in awe with what we saw, and I shouldn't be. Me hold too. on, hold on, damn it! I'm slamming the table. I shouldn't be. Cause I was high on him the entire time. Okay, go back to my big board. It's published on BroadwaySportsMedia.com <laughs> from back in late April. 18th overall on my big board. Okay, and 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 there I don't go. take. I typically don't take positional value into account. Okay, because if I did, I had Anthony Richardson 16, and I had Will Levis 18. I had them neck and neck. I thought both of them were worthy of being top 10 picks, despite having them ranked 16 and 18. Because if you, of course, once you take positional value into account. There's no doubt that those are, if I have a quarterback ranked 16th, that's a top 10 pick, man, right? Because I've probably got a tight end ranked top 10. I got a a left guard, which I probably did. I I did. I had Peter Skaronsky ranked top 10, right? But I get the quarterback value. So yes, the whole damn time I was high on him. And I'm obviously not claiming victory here because as I said, there's a long way to go. The, The career story hasn't been written. All I'm essentially saying is get that gold jacket ready, baby. He looks first ballot.
0: That's what First I'm talking ballot. about. Listen, listen to me. We called it on this podcast. We have been the like driving the train for why are Titans fans not more hyped about Will Levis? And I posted the clip her. today. I I reposted on Twitter today because back on May 15th, you did me dirty. When you and I recapped, you did me dirty. Sorry, go when ahead. you, yeah, yeah, whatever. When you <laughs> and I recapped Titans minicamp on May 15th. I pu- I made like a supercut of myself from that episode, and I know we have a lot of new YouTube followers now. That this was before we were even on YouTube. We've been doing a podcast for years, but we just started the YouTube page. So if you're new to the podcast and you missed that episode, you missed a lot because I posted the supercut on Twitter on X whatever today, where I basically went through and just said this kid's a stud. Will Levis is the next Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and I was being like hyperbolic on purpose and like a little too over the top, you know, as sort of a bit, but also saying like we need to be more excited about this kid. And one thing I I asked on that podcast Justin if you remember is I said does Will Levis have the most pure arm talent? Like forget decision making, pocket presence, all yeah. the other aspects of being a quarterback. Does Will Levis have the best arm talent of anyone we've covered in Tennessee since they moved to Nashville. and i think the answer back then to say yes would be a, would have been a little premature but and this is only one game obviously he's got a long road to go to prove he can like you know you got to do it every week and prove you can be the guy but just some of the throws we saw today were absurd the off the back foot like you said flick of the wrist the ball just flies out of his hand and i think from an arm talent perspective we saw today the upside and the things that could make him truly great in this league, if he figures out everything else, if he can be consistent, if you know those games when he is dealing with a lot of pressure, if he can be good in those moments, if he's a little more situationally aware. I think the one criticism you and I both had was on that third and seven before halftime. Yeah. You get five yards there, you're in field goal range, and he takes a deep shot. I think it was to Chris Moore, sort of in Nick double Westbrook coverage, Kine. although Nick Westbury Aquina, sorry although it was in in sort of in double coverage he did have a step and if that ball was Overprew like 3 bit. or 4 yards yeah if that ball was 3 or 4 yards shorter like it could have easily been a touchdown and then we'd be talking about how you know <laughs> incredible this kid is aggressive in that moment and yeah. like talking that up For but sure. like so some situational awareness things although he did show a lot of situational awareness he did. towards the end of the game they they run the play action fake on third down to try to set up a little, like get a first a cheap first down through the air when the defense is expecting run Atlanta's defense was all over it. You know, it's not necessarily a bad play call. I don't hate the play call. A lot of people hated the play call. I, I don't hate the play, play call. Try to catch him off guard there. If it works, it works. You win the game, essentially. If it doesn't work, you punt it away, and your defense holds him. But Will Levis made a really smart play there. Not throwing the ball. Not throwing it away. Not not stopping the clock. No incomplete pass. Don't stop the clock in that situation. He just folded on the ground like late career Peyton Manning. Took the sack. And uh, it, it was a really heads-up play to keep the clock moving. So there, wa- there were situational awareness things that he did great at. You want to talk about his command at the line of scrimmage. I think that's something, you know, when we talked to Liam Cohen a while back, Will Levis' offensive coordinator at Kentucky, we, we had on the podcast back in the offseason. We also broke down film with Liam Cohen. If you missed that, we broke down Will Levis' college tape on this YouTube channel. So I'm going to post that right here, right now. Click in the top of the corner of your screen. Um he talked about, you know, Will Levis running that pro-style offense at Kentucky and the ability to handle those, the, the line of scrimmage and the operation. I know you wanted to get into that a little bit. I think now's a good time.
1: Well, you, I disagree. Now's not a good time because I got one thing I want to say right before I get into that. Okay. All oh, kidding Fair aside. enough. I know we've been a bit hyperbolic on this show, and, and it, you know, it's normally not what we do, and <laughs> we're very good, smart analysis, and that's why people come to us, I, I truly believe. Um, coming out of Kentucky— I'm sure I said it when he was coming out, but the things that I I, I didn't understand, and it's a good thing that I don't understand it, um, because I I think I'm going to be right about this kid, and these are the things that were non-debatable, in my opinion. This is what was non-debatable, and that's why I liked him, and I don't understand why more people didn't like him. Uh, Does he have a big arm? Yes. Um, Is he a smart kid? I don't care what anyone says. Yes, he ran an SEC pro-style offense at Kentucky for like four years. He's a smart kid. And if you watched that episode with Liam two Cohen, two years, sorry, two years, he had a lot of, uh, he had a lot of freedom at the line of scrimmage, right. As we learned through that episode with Liam Cohen, um, is he athletic? Yes. Can he escape pressure? Yes. Can he use his legs? Yes. Uh, there were, there's a, he's a big, strong armed athletic kid. Like those are the baseline traits I'm looking for in today's quarterback. And you know what? He made a couple boneheaded plays at Kentucky, more than a few. We know that. Um, you know, get maybe getting too aggressive, a boneheaded interception. I compared it to Josh Allen at the time, coming out of Wyoming, right? That's why we said that on that May 15th episode. Guess what? Josh Allen still makes a lot of boneheaded plays and a lot of boneheaded turnovers. Also, guess what? Second best quarterback in football. I don't care what anyone says. You take yeah. those boneheaded plays every day of the week. Because of Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills are yearly Super Bowl contenders. Because, yeah, a couple of those boneheaded plays are sprinkled in what we saw Will Levis do today. The 30, 40, 50 yard shots, the off script ability, using your legs to extend the pocket, using your legs to pick up first downs. Like some of the stuff we saw him do is why I liked him so much or, or why I liked him and why I didn't get the hate for him. I really did. it, So that's why I'm a fan. Number one, that's why I was a fan coming out of Kentucky. Um, Some of the operational stuff, I'm glad you didn't steal all my pointers because you talked about the sack at the end. That is one I want to talk about, but it's not the main one. There are two others. In fact, I've got four examples that I want to talk about. Um, The screen that he dirted at Derrick Henry's feet. Yeah. Okay, the screen that he dirted. That pressure is in his face immediately. Immediately when he turned around from the play. It was a play action, right, from the play action. I feel very confident in saying Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis eat that ball, and they take that sack. Even a veteran like Ryan we
0: Tannehill. Saw, we saw Tannehill do that. What was it, the Ravens game where he took a we sack at like the two-yard it. line? Yeah. Keep going.
1: What does he do? He, <laughs> he dirts it at Derrick Henry's feet. Unbelievable situational awareness to dirt that ball, not take the sack, save himself like seven or eight yards, and give his team to fight another down. The other one I want to mention, I was I was almost disappointed they mentioned it on the broadcast because it was such a little thing, I thought it myself. And then I think it was, was it James Lofton that did the game today? Uh, mentioned it, and I'm like, ah, oh, we're on the same page, Mr. Lofton. Was the third and one handoff to Chigakonkwo in the backfield. That was such a weird play. What a strain, right? I think he faked it to the running back. And then like, what an awkward handoff to ask your rookie quarterback to make and he made it no problem right like flawlessly like no issue what's no bobble nothing clean okay and you know what happens if that's not clean it's a fumble like we've seen right with some of the other with other quarterbacks right on this team specifically maybe right a clean exchange there between him and the and and chig he's probably practiced that james lawson said and he's right probably practiced that three times maybe all week (laughs) Okay, two other plays that I want to bring up at the line of scrimmage. He audibled. He checked out of passing place to a uh, to a handoff to Derrick Henry. Okay, he he identified something on the with the defense. And you heard one of them. One of them will probably go viral because he was yelling devil, 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 devil. And he audibled and he handed it off to Derrick Henry. That was one of two. Both of them called passing place. Right. Both of them went for good gains to Derrick Henry. Those yeah. are the four plays I wanted to bring up that aren't on the stat sheet, that weren't a touchdown throw.
0: I got one more for you.
1: Hit him with number five.
0: Early in the game, Sorry, first number second six. drive.
1: Number six, because five yeah, is the number sack. Number six,
0: because the sack. Um, I, I think it was the second drive, I'm not 100% sure. There, it was early in the game. It was a little like a uh, swing pass out to Derrick Henry I, off of a I play action bootleg. I the it happened. The defender was right there in his face as soon as he turned around. No panic, cool as a cucumber. He lofts it with great touch over the yes. defender, so it can't get batted down. Right to Derrick Henry, picked up the first down. Just, just that was third. That, that was third kind of down. play. I think was it, it was either down. second or third. I think I'm it was pretty confident sure it was, confident third, it was yeah. third.
1: It was third down. I think you're right. And I thought, what I thought at the time is that looks like such an easy throw. But it's also so easy to mess up. Like, I've seen that throw. I'm sure I've seen a bunch of Titans quarterbacks do it. But generally speaking, around the league, I've seen that throw get overthrown all the time. Into the sideline, right? Out of bounds, can't catch it, can't keep your feet in, and you're punting on the next play. So yeah, I thought that was an underrated throw that he made.
0: And I I think, like... He made a lot of great throws, and obviously attacking downfield. Like, even the incompletions, he is not afraid. He's aggressive down the field. Something that, I mean, I thought Ryan Tannehill was was a semi-aggressive quarterback. I never thought he was the most aggressive, but I didn't think he had an issue with throwing downfield. But this season, it's been non-existent pretty much, outside of one play to Traylon um I believe. Maybe there was a, co- Chris Moore, a, a couple of misses. Chris Moore
1: against the there, Oh, yeah.
0: Chris Moore. There was a D-hop one. And there's been a few here there's and there. But, I mean, Will Levis had more today than I think Tannehill has had all season. He had more touchdowns. He had twice as many touchdowns today as Tannehill has had all season. Passing, that is. Um, and the, it's just like the aggressiveness, the mindset to be at, always on the attack. I think... It's gonna unlock something in this Titans offense that, you know, Tim Kelly has been calling some aggressive plays and Tannehill's either missed them or not seen them or he's been sacked before he can get the ball off. Will Levis, I I do think the Falcons pass rush, you know, the, the Titans offensive line played well, but Will Levis's ability to mitigate the pass rush just by being mobile in the pocket, not necessarily always running out of pressure, but just like moving in the pocket to make to help the offensive lineman stay between him and the defender, you know, like if he's moving in the right places, it makes it easier on his line. I do have one minor complaint. Just looking at Will Levis's passing chart from this game, it's like there was a number of screen calls in this game and a few short passes, and there was a couple third downs where he threw short of the sticks. You know, under pressure, had to get rid of the ball kind of quickly and threw short of the sticks, hoping his guy can break a tackle. And like it seems like no one on the Titans can break a tackle anymore. (laughs) What happened from two years ago when like everyone could break tackles? But um, there's hardly any intermediate throws on this (laughs) passing chart. It's like thirty plus yards down the field or ten. Within ten yards, there's like ten throws at within two or three yards of the line of scrimmage or behind it. So I would like well, to see you know one of the staples of the Titans' passing attack is that like play action dig over the middle where you hit the the guy fifteen yards downfield. I don't think we saw that even once attempted in this game. Although there was the one, one to Chig, what, what was there the was chig one to Chig.
1: Dropped. The one that he dropped. Oh yeah, I'm the Chig about. drop.
0: That's a good one. That but that one was still twenty plus yards down the field. But he did have one late to Chig on a third down. Um it was like twelve yards, like a third and third and eight or something, and he hit Chig for twelve yards. Some, something like that. Yeah. Second and eight I don't remember second and eight, maybe. Late in the game he hit Chig for a conversion and he had to go low for the ball. I'm not this isn't a criticism, really. Yeah, I'm not it's gonna just,
1: complain about four touchdowns of thirty five yards.
0: Of course. This is yeah, this is not a criticism. It's just something interesting. You know, defensive coordinators, if this becomes a trend, it's only one game, it's not a trend yet. But if this became a trend, it'd be something where they say, Don't even cover the intermediate area, just watch for the quick passes and the deep stuff so, and just something to watch for, I think, you know, as he develops and stuff. But overall, I am blown away by how well he played today. What an impressive debut against a good defense. I cannot wait to see him play again on Thursday night against a better defense because there's going to be struggles. You know, there's going to be ups and downs of a rookie season. But, man, have we been talking a lot about 2019 on this podcast for the last eight weeks or so and the similarities that this season has had to that season you know you make the QB change in week six this year it was because of injury and they had a bye week seven so the timing's a little bit different but the next game the, the quarterback starts the offense suddenly looks like it's from a different planet with a different like it looks like all 11 guys are different and it's really just the quarterback <laughs> Tajay um, Spears looked great the, the future of this team suddenly, suddenly we're talking two weeks ago we're talking they have no building blocks suddenly Peter Skaronski, Tajay Spears, Will Levis, yep. um, Aaron Brewer, Daniel Brunskill, NPF. I don't know how, how much you consider them building blocks. Relax. Traylon Burks were yeah, still relax. waiting. <laughs> Traylon Burks were still waiting for a real breakout. Chica Conquo has been overall pretty disappointing. The drop, inability to break tackles. Like what happened to the guy from last year? I don't know. Um, But but just Will Levis being good changes everything.
1: It, w- it would change everything because I'll, I'll tell you what, i um when I saw him playing as well as he did, some of us might've been rooting for losses. Um, you know, you want them to look good, but you lose, you improve your draft positioning, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I, I wasn't rooting for a loss. No, I wanted them to win that game and I wanted him to win that. He deserves to win that game. Right. And, and we're going to get more into that next week. Cause I've got something that's not next week. Sorry. Literally two days from now, when we drop the yeah. Steelers preview episode, we're going to get more into that. Cause I've got some thoughts I want to share on that part of it. But, um, it, it it would right it's all about the it comes down to the quarterback it would completely change the outlook um, for this team if he was the answer because by the way they've got what 90 95 million in cap space they're going to go into the off season with um, after you know the Kevin yeah. Byard trade and once they cut Andre Dillard they're they're <laughs> going to have like 90 95 million in cap space so there's there's uh, a lot of financial flexibility to overhaul the supporting cast of this offense, the pieces you don't like, at least, right? And, yeah. and they're still going to have, you know, they're not going to pick 32nd. I'm sorry. I don't, they're going to pick 32nd <laughs> in the draft. So they'll still have a decent enough pick, uh, whatever happens from here on out, to uh, maybe get in another offensive lineman or, or something along those lines. But blown away with this kid today. Blown away. Can't say enough good things. It was, I, I'd rated a 10 out of 10. And like, it's crazy that he threw four touchdown passes, three of them were bombs. I and mean, then that there were so many. Missed opportunities down the field that could have gone a different way. I think that's maybe what excites me the most. We talked about the two to Traylon Burks, right? That that didn't go that way. Uh, there was one to Chris Moore that got called back on. It was a short completion to Chris Moore, but he took for a long gain, and that got called back. I think of the yeah. TIG drop, right? Uh, yeah. We talked about the missed uh, third and seven aggressive to, to Nick westbrook Like It's crazy that they hit so many explosive plays, and then there were like four missed opportunities to make that eight or nine explosive plays. Yeah. The other thing I want to quickly add, uh, 28 points, season high for this year, yep. right? Because it was 27 against the yep. Bengals and the Chargers, maybe? Yep. 27 yep, yep. both times. Uh, also would have been a season high last year, would it not have? Because I think yep. it was 27 against the Packers last year. That That's crazy that he starts one game and they've got 28 points, the most they've scored in a year and a half. That is against really a good
0: something. defense. I think we need to stress that it was against a good a defense that's been good this year. We'll they see. You know, everything third changes. Third in the
1: league uh, in yeah. yards allowed per game coming yeah, into this they, game. Like this is this is a good. They spent a lot of money on this defense, right? And it, that's why it's good. David anyamada on- on- on has been really good. Calais Campbell, father time, talk about. It, he's been really good. Jesse Bates has been outstanding. Right, like they they changed a lot with good reason, and it has been really good. Um, we've probably um, done enough.
0: Yeah, on Levis for sure. Let's hit on a few very, very quickly the rest of the game. On the defense, Real quick. I think, too. Yeah, and also I want to talk about Malik Willis. Uh, shout out to the YouTube commenter on our preview show who told us to stop talking bad about Desmond Ritter, who was benched in this game for sucking. Let me, let me <laughs> make that clear. Yeah, he had a concussion. He was cleared right they away cleared from the concussion. And they left didn't come the back. Taylor Heineke scored touchdowns or field goals on four of five drives that he led in this game, and Desmond Ritter got what, what two field goals, maybe in the first half. What was the score at halftime? I don't Took remember. Took a bunch
1: of sacks, held on to the ball,
0: turned the ball over with the with a fumble. It, yeah. Let's be clear here: Desmond Ritter was bad, and we were right to talk bad about him in our pre pregame preview show. And shout out to that YouTube commenter: uh, you lose. Um, about Malik Willis, want to talk about? Um this is a Will Levis comment but it's also Malik Willis. Paul Kaharski I believe it was Paul Kaharski asked Will Levis after the game about being the spark for the Titans offense and he turned that into an opportunity to talk about the fans booing Malik Willis. Every time Malik Willis came into the game which was twice I think two or three times uh the fans in Just Nissan twice, Stadium I think. <laughs> Yeah the in both times the fans in Nissan Stadium loudly booed now, I do think there is a case to be made that they were booing Mike Vrabel's decision agreed. to play two quarterbacks. Hundred like, percent agree. Especially the second, time, I think they were booing
1: this, the decision.
0: Yeah, especially after what happened the first time, which yes. is what I want to talk about. That was not a bad snap. Was it slightly high? It was slightly it was a high. high. It was shoulder. It was shoulder height. I went back and froze it um, for myself just to see where Malik got both hands on the ball, shoulder height, and uh, he didn't handle the snap. And not only did not handle the snap. He tried to pick the ball up before eventually realizing, oh, shit, I need to dive on this ball. By that point, it was too late. Turnover. Falcons take over. Get three points out of it. Um, why in the freaking hell? I know I joked about it on Twitter all week, like, oh, Mike Vrabel said we're going to see both quarterbacks. He's not really going to do that. They're We're like, they're definitely not going to rotate series. That is would be the most oh absurd thing we've ever seen so in like an NFL game. a preseason game. game, can you
1: imagine? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, we all speculated there would probably be a Malik Willis package, but we also said why why do you need a Malik Willis package there's no need for a Malik Willis package last year they tried Malik Willis packages and he fumbled almost every time that they ran it and the first time he comes out in this game for his Malik Willis package he fumbles the ball so anyway you have anything you have any thoughts on that because I'm Uh, getting too heated
1: I'm sorry I'm literally texting Liam Cohen how great of a game that was I couldn't (laughs) couldn't help myself there Uh, um yeah, uh, very disappointed that Mike Vrabel was semi-serious. I worry about how much more they would have done it if Malik didn't fumble the first snap. Because Agreed. Vrabel said he admitted, I think, right after that, he goes, "Yeah, we decided to pull some of it after the turnover." Uh, very
0: lucky, and that was got- also because he also hadn't seen Will Levis be a freaking superstar yet either. So maybe if uh, maybe the Hopkins long, t- maybe the long touchdowns also made him be like, right. you know what, our offense works without this nonsense. Let's not do it anymore. Yeah, they did very lucky time later in the
1: game. that he's going to get away with it and not many people are probably going to talk about it because we're all going to be talking about Will Levis, as we should be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and it's funny. The way this game started, I wanted to say, it's, it's, maybe it's useless, maybe it's not. Uh, it's crazy how long a football game is because those first couple drives, I was like, is Will Levis really bad? Because it's like they pull them so quickly for Malik. There's a ton of handoffs. Everything that was short of the sticks before he hit that first big bomb, like it looked like they did not want to take the training wheels off at all, if I'm being honest. And it's like, wow, yeah. they do not have a lot any faith in this guy. And then all of a sudden, right, like it just, a switch flipped. So uh, shout out to him, man. It's it's not just a special debut. It's historical, right? Like four touchdowns in yeah. your first game, like
0: unbelievable. Joining the elite company of Fran Tarkenton and Marcus <laughs> Mariota. Um yeah, let's talk about the defense really quickly. Jeffrey Simmons, two sacks, two tackles for loss, forced fumble. Harold Landry, Game two record. sacks. Jack Gibbons, sack. Danico Autry, sack. All in all, they had six sacks on defense here. Playing without um, Roger McCreary, I believe. They just traded, obviously, they just traded Kevin Byard. I don't think there was any other injuries on defense. Tier Tart returned. Run defense looked Better in the first half. Bijan Robinson broke some big, you know, big ish plays in the second half, had a long of twenty-five, finished with five point six yards per carry on just eleven carries. One of the more puzzling things that's happening this season is Art Smith's usage of Bijan Robinson and uh Tyler Algier, eight carries, thirty-one yards, three point nine yards per carry. Bijan Robinson eleven carries, sixty-two yards, five point six yards per carry. Like Titans are probably lucky that Bijan only had eleven carries in this game and wasn't really used in the passing game outside of like a play where Taylor Heineke was getting Sacked, so he just threw it to Bijan where he wasn't even looking for the ball. Um, but the defense played really, really well in the first half. I think Taylor Heineke coming in caught them off guard. You know, you game prep all week for Desmond Ritter, and then you come out in the second half and it's a different quarterback. I think we could probably chalk up some of the miscues to that, but some of them were also like just missing tackles in the open field that they should have made. Guys like. Heineke fitting the ball into some pretty tight windows like over the middle of the field three defenders there none of them jump for the ball and the receiver jumps up and grabs the ball whether it's Van Jefferson Matt Collins Kyle Pitts had one like all these guys that you know there's defenders in the area and the offensive players is just, like going up and getting the ball and the defenders are just like trying to tackle and not looking for the ball at all some plays like that but overall all in all I mean when it came down to crunch time the defense needed to get a stop they forced the fourth down and then they got lucky on fourth down that Van Jefferson dropped that pass but uh Big, big game for the defense. I thought they did pretty well. Better than I maybe would have hoped. Be- I actually did a, a FanDuel Daily Fantasy lineup where I, I stacked Desmond Ritter and um, Drake yeah. London, which I joked Shame about on in our you. group chat. I actually did that in real life. Desmond Ritter, Shame of benched at halftime. Drake, Lon- Drake London gets hurt. Um, but the Titans' pass defense has been so bad all year, I was like, this is the, the lowest value, best upside stack, and then London gets hurt and Ritter gets benched, so it I, that lineup busted, but whatever. Um, good job defense today. <laughs>
1: Well, I thought Jeffrey Simmons was outstanding. I mean, I'm not surprised. He was. I mean, I'm never surprised, but I just felt like in this throwback, I don't know why, but I'm like, there's no way Jeffrey Simmons isn't going to play a hell of a game. I mean, the strip sack—I guess I don't can call it a sack—but it was so impressive, right? Like he—he's like almost on his knees already. The quarterback's rushing past him. He's almost out of the play. Just reaches his hands, his hand out as he's almost out of it. As I said, and swipes at the ball like. He was unbelievable today. I thought Aziz Al Shire was incredible. It's another one that deserves a shout out. Two guys that deserve a shout out that we've been shitting on are Christian Fulton and Harold Landry. I thought they played their best games of the season. I don't even think that's debatable. I mean, they've been mostly, well, I would say Landry's been largely invisible, and Fulton's been not invisible because he's been bad, right? He's been badly visible, I guess is what we would say. Yeah. I thought both of them were really, you know, really quite good in this game. Uh, the second half does give me a little concern because. Uh, you talked about them game planning uh, for a different quarterback. I'm not really going to give them that excuse. Uh, I, I still think it's a below average secondary, right? And they just lost Kevin it Byard is. and they they didn't have Roger McCreary for this game. So I, I still have concerns about their ability to stop the pass, uh, generally speaking. And, and you hope, you know, when Roger McCreary's out there, you've got enough talented players. If Christian Fulton can turn this thing around. Between the three of them, with you know Sean Murphy bunting, I'm including in that. You're going to see a lot of Elijah Molden down the stretch if he's healthy, especially without Bayard. And then I, I do think Kayvon Wallace and Terrell Edmonds are usable players. Uh, you know, they're not great in coverage, but they are good box players, right? So if if you can keep them in the box and and do some good things down there, then you you've got some depth in the secondary that hopefully you can work with. But Overall, I'm 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 still fairly concerned with the secondary. I'm especially concerned. You go back to that Colts game and that Ravens game; they lost back to back. wasn't wasn't the pass rush wasn't there. It wasn't good enough, right? And this secondary is nowhere near good enough to make up for a lack of a pass rush, right? So it it was there today and it helped the secondary. So um, it was so nice. Those six again. I, I mean, I, I praised Simmons. I praised Landry. I also thought Dina Kowatry and Arden Key were really really good too, so, and I talked about Aziz Shire already, so, for the most part, an all-around performance by the defense, they were really good.
0: Yeah, you know, shout-out to a lot of those guys on defense, I agree, the pass rush held up, also, I would love to see them do it again against a quarterback that isn't, you know, terrible, and doesn't take a bunch of sacks, like Desmond Ritter, and even Taylor Heineke took, you know, how many sacks did how many sacks did Ritter take compared to Heineke? Uh, Heineke only took one, but still, I think that was the Autry one towards the end of the game, um, Arden Key and Autry kind of got there together at the same time, it felt like, but, yeah, great job by the defense in the first half especially they built enough they gave themselves enough of a, of a enough of a cushion and then with will levis you know just being on fire and throwing four touchdown passes that they were okay i think they may have also been playing that sort of prevent let them get yards but keep them out of the end zone defense in the second half and then they just failed to keep them out of the end zone um so that was part of it too but i think that's it anything else we need to hit on from this game if we missed anything let us know in the comments below let us know what you thought of will levis mayo boy Billy Blue Jeans, Billy whatever you want to call him, he is the future of the Titans as of right now. We'll see if that is still the case after Thursday night in at Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, at home versus Pittsburgh. Where is that game? In, in Pittsburgh. Whatever, we'll talk please. about it. In Pittsburgh. We'll talk about it on the on the preview show coming out, like you said, on Tuesday. So any other points you want to hit, Justin?
1: No, I hope uh, this is probably going to be a well-watched episode on YouTube, especially. Um, It's nice to be excited again, isn't it? I think that's the best thing I can say to summarize. It's you know, you're going to be excited regardless because you want to find out about this kid. And there's always, it's always the hope, right? Maybe he's the one, so to speak. So regardless of how it went, watching Will Levis was going to be exciting. I don't think any of us would have predicted that it was going to be that exciting. So I'm excited again. I'm back in on this year, certainly. And uh, can't wait for Thursday night. It's been a while since I've said that about Titans, right? I can't wait for the next game. Can't wait for the next game.
0: Same, same, and and I'm glad you reminded me of one thing I did want to say. You are looking awesome, sir, in the Warren oh. Moon Oilers uniform. We didn't even talk about the Oilers throwbacks and how amazing they looked. Best looking uniform in sports, by far the best throwback. Any Don't sport. even come at me with any of that best other nonsense. Uniform in any, any sport. Sports. Fully agree. Titans should make them the permanent uniforms, and I don't even think that's a hot take. Um, and I can't believe it took us this long into the podcast to even mention it. Love the feel, love the logo, love the Oilers in the end zone. It was just an awesome experience watching this, the homecoming game. Lots of, you know, Titans alumni and former players. Jeff Fisher was there. It was, it was a really cool game. Billy White, and I tweeted out be- Johnson,
1: like outstanding. Yeah.
0: I tweeted out before the game, like, you can't look this good and play bad. Titans better win. <laughs> and I'm just so glad that they won in the Oilers <laughs> uniforms. I just hope it wasn't like some sort of adrenaline-fueled performance that, you know, once they put their regular jerseys back on, then they're going to look like the Titans we've seen them the rest of the season. We're going to find out on Thursday. But hopefully Will Levis really is that spark. We will find out. You know DeAndre Hopkins was hyped to play in these uniforms, and I'm so happy for him that he had the day he had in these uniforms because even dating back to his Texans days, he's been in love with the Oilers' look. So it's awesome for for the team, for everyone. This was a, a great day of football for the Titans Falcons, not necessarily a great team. They did have a winning record. I loved your logic on the pre preview show. We both predicted uh, accurately a Titans win the for the first time this season. <laughs> um, and you kind of said it was because the Falcons aren't a five and two team, so they're not going to get to five and two. I agree with that. Um, so I I am interested to see the Steelers. You know, another team with a winning record, but they're not necessarily that good. They're four and three now after losing to the Jaguars on Sunday. So um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see Mitch Trubisky. I think on Thursday night because Kenny Pickett dealing with a rib injury. Unless their new starting quarterback is Ryan Tannehill by Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles today. Ryan Tannehill to Minnesota. Zach Wilson barely managed to beat the Giants in overtime. Ryan Tannehill to New York. Ryan Tannehill to Atlanta. Desmond Ritter got benched today. There's a lot of options out there now, suddenly teams that need quarterbacks. I don't know how healthy Tannehill is, but if he can pass a physical, which I think is required to, have to be traded... Get him out of here by Tuesday. That's what I say. All right. That's all we got for this one. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Drop a comment below. How, how excited were you for Will Levis? What was the most impressive thing he did today? Let us know in the comments below. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel, Music City Audible. Follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. You can follow me at Titans Film Room, I'm tweeting out every Will Levis throw. I'm putting it on Twitter, every Will Levis throw. So go find me on Twitter at Titans Film Room. That will do it for this one. Until the preview episode later this week, you guys stay safe out there. And tighten up.
1: A Broadway Sports Media Production.